Well, a few weeks ago, um, I think three weeks ago, we started answering uh, five difficult questions. Difficult questions a lot of us have wrestled with. A lot of uh, their questions certainly that seekers would be wrestling with. And also, as you go through them, you discover they're also the questions that the skeptics will throw at us to try to convince us we just don't know what we're talking about when we talk about our faith. The first question we answered was, does God exist? Was that the first one or was that the second one? Second one. First one was, what is the meaning of life? And if you weren't here, you better go online and listen so you don't have to walk around wondering because I'm not going to tell you. No. Having relationship with God and having relationship with others according to Christ, the meaning of life. Does God exist? And we looked at that two weeks ago and we, we looked at what the Scripture says. You know, God Himself spoke in the Scriptures that all creation declares that there's a God. And He specifically said, look into the heavens. Look into the stars. Look into the universe. And He'll reveal yourself, Himself to us. And we looked at a lot of different information uh, because reality is we can't 100% prove God exists any more than someone else can 100% prove that He does not exist. We have to do what they do in our legal system. We have to gather the evidence and look at the preponderance of the evidence and come to an intelligent decision. Our faith in Jesus Christ should not be based on blind faith. It should be based on a faith that we have tested in any way that we know how and make an intelligent decision. What is the most reasonable thing? And our faith can withstand the most intense scrutiny anyone can throw at us. So we're looking at the third question today, but we're going to start with a picture of an elephant. A picture of an elephant. A lot of you have probably heard this. This little story is told in a number of different ways with a number of different blindfolded men involved in this, this story or analogy or illustration, whatever you want to call it. But there are six blind men in this particular illustration. And they're all taken to a different part of the elephant and asked, what is this? And the one that touched the trunk declared, it's a snake. The one that touched the tusk, the tusks and felt the tusks with the sharp point declared, it's a sword. The one that grabbed a hold of the tail said, this is simple, it's a rope. The one that touched the elephant's ear said, it's a big fan. The one that touched the elephant's leg said it's a palm tree. And the one that was elevated and came against the side of the elephant said it's just a wall. And this illustration is used a lot of times by those that are of a pluralistic point of view. In other words, those that think that God, there are many kinds of gods, there's many ways to God, that all roads lead to God. Does it really matter what path you're on as long as we all end up in the same place? God. The idea is that the same truth or the same reality is simply being looked at from a different perspective. And again, this is what would be used oftentimes to explain and say, you know what, we're all going to end up in heaven eventually because we're all looking at the same thing, trying to get the same place. We're just doing it a little differently from a different perspective. The interesting thing about an illustration like this, an illustration can make a point. 
but the illustration does not prove a point. We can create an illustration to demonstrate just about anything we want to, but that does not mean that it's true. The illustration does not prove the point. It simply makes one. And that would be the case here. The question that we're looking at today is, and this is the title of the message, Do All Religions Lead to God? Do All Religions Lead to God? The pluralists, those of other faiths who would say that you Christians are such intolerant people, they've they got a wrong definition of tolerance. Christians should be the most tolerant people in the world. But that does not we believe, mean we believe everything. We believe that anybody should be able to believe whatever they want to believe. And I always add, no matter how wrong they are. But we're tolerant of other faiths. We're tolerant of other beliefs. But we're not tolerant of things that we believe to be untrue. That does not mean we're going to approve of everybody else's position on any issue or on their faith. We don't agree with them, but that's okay. We love them anyway. When we look at this question, there's a question right away, there's a problem right away with the question. The question says, do all religions lead to God? There's two assumptions that are being made that may or may not be true at all. And we're going to look at those in just a few moments. The first assumption that's being made is, all religions are trying to find God. We're assuming when we ask that question, everybody, all those religions of the world, they're looking for God. And then we're also assuming that you can reach God through any or all religions. So when we look at the question, it probably shouldn't be that question because those assumptions can throw us so far off track. Better question would simply be, are all religions true? And we're going to look at some of religions very briefly. For those of you who were in a Bible class this morning, Pastor Bob was looking at some of the world religions. Um, the class last Wednesday was dealing with this. I'm not going to spend a terrible lot of time, and I do not pretend to be a student of all of these religions. But you don't have to go too far into their own writings and their own teachings to discover a few things that make them unique. For example, Buddhism. When you look at Buddhism, the Dalai Lama. Is there a picture before this? Thank you. The Dalai Lama said, whether you believe in God or not does not matter much. Whether you believe in Buddha or not does not matter much. As a Buddhist, whether you believe in reincarnation or not does not matter so much. You must lead a good life. Interesting. The Buddhists do not believe that there is a God as such. They do not believe that there is a creator. Some Buddhists will claim that Buddha himself is divine. Well, the interesting thing is Buddha never, ever made that claim whatsoever. He never claimed or pretended to be divine. Their religion is based on four noble truths, and these are so interesting. Life is unsatisfactory, or in other words, life is suffering. How would you like that definition of life? Some of you go, amen, that's my life. Life is suffering, number one. Number two, the origin of all suffering. The reason I suffer at all is because of desire. Desire. 
the desires that we have are what cause our suffering. The third point is, ceasing to desire will end suffering. Sounds logical, right? If you believe the first point, life is suffering. All suffering is caused by desire. We need to quit desiring, and then suffering will cease. And the fourth point, they say, is the noble eightfold path will lead to a cessation of suffering, a ceasing of suffering. There will be no more suffering. And that eightfold path, I can't remember if I put it on the slide or not, but it simply says this. If we do right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration, right views, and right intentions, there will be no more desires. Interesting. The goal of all that is to reach a place they call nirvana. If we reach nirvana, and nirvana simply is a perfect state, free from all suffering. And it is the end of this cycle of rebirth and suffering that they continuously go through in the Buddhist religion. Whatever you think of it, that's a smart, short summary of what they believe. The next slide should be of Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi. Religions are different roads converging upon the same path. What does it matter that we take different roads so long as we reach the same goal? What is that goal? Well, in Hinduism, they call Brahman the creator. He's not a god like we think of as a god. It's like a, a force that pervades the everything. All the trees, all the mountains, all the rivers, all the streams, all the, the insects, all of the plants, and all people. So in the Hindu religion, there are many, 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 many gods and goddesses that Brahman is inhabiting. So they worship just about anything and everything. There is no accurate total of how many gods or goddesses that they have. They believe that their position in life is determined by their actions in the previous life. As Pastor Bob shared this morning, it's karma. Bad things bring about a bad next life. Bad things, bad karma. You do good things, good karma. Do good things, your karma is good. When you come back in your next life, you'll be better. Interesting concepts. And you can see both of these religions so far realize there's something wrong. And they're trying to figure out how to make it better. And they're trying to do it basically through rebirth, reincarnation, new cycles. The goal here is to be free from this law of karma and to get free of this continuous cycle of reincarnation so you can survive in the world. The way to end that is get to a place where you're at peace and you're at rest. And to get there, it's all dependent upon works. Doing all the right things, thinking all the right thoughts, living all the right way, everything, everything's works-oriented. And that's their goal. Islam. There is one God, one almighty God named Allah. This one we're probably a little more familiar with. Allah is the creator of the universe. Allah is a very powerful and a very strict judge. He will be merciful towards followers depending upon their works. 
and their religious devotion. Otherwise, not so good. With this, the purpose of life is to live according to the five pillars, they call. And as Bob shared this morning, they make pretty good sense to a Christian. Faith, you repeat a creed about Allah and Muhammad over and over. Prayer, you recite certain prayers in Arabic five times a day. Charity, you give to the needy. Fasting one month a year, and you fast from food and drink and sex and smoking from sunrise to sunset. And then once in your life, you must do a pilgrimage to worship at the shrine in Mecca. These are their pillars of their faith. At death, at death, a Muslim hopes to enter into paradise. Now, paradise is a place where all the pleasures that they've been denying themselves in this first life are presented and given to you. We talk about 70 virgins, but it depends on your behavior. You may get way more. And you even get your wife on earth. It's a great deal. Notice it's determined by works. Totally by works. And they do believe that if you don't get there, you go to hell. Not a clear definition of hell, but there is an option. And the only certain way to get into paradise is one we hear about often in our world today, martyrdom. That's why if they are martyred, that they give them lives, no matter what act it is they are committing to Allah, they get their ticket punched into paradise. And the fourth faith I want to mention is Christianity. Christianity also believes there is one God, but he exists in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's a triune being. And we believe that, Christians believe, that he is the creator of all that exists. And with Jesus Christ as the focus, it isn't on works or rituals. It's really about enjoying a relationship with God. He is reachable. Allah is unknowing. It's impossible to reach him, to know him. As a matter of fact, when you look at these religions I've talked about, do you notice none of them were trying to get to God? That's not the goal. That's not the goal. You see the problem with the assumptions we made in our original question. They aren't trying to get to God. The purpose of Christianity is to love God and love other people. In Christianity, we see man as sinful. Obviously, the other religions see a problem with man. But in Christianity, we believe they can only be saved from sin by God's grace through faith in the gospel message. That we're sinners. Jesus came as God in the flesh, died for us, took the penalty of our sin that we might have life. Heaven for us is being in the presence of God for eternity. Christians believe that there is a place called hell where we are separated from God for eternity. Do all religions lead to God? Think about that for a minute. Do all religions lead to God? Slide, please. If you're thinking about it, Buddhists and Hindus 
The Buddhists say there is no God. The Hindus say there's a bazillion of them. Neither religion is searching for that God. Muslims believe in God, an all-powerful but an unknowable God. The goal is paradise, not Allah. Christians believe in a God who is loving, who is approachable, desires a relationship, and the goal is to spend eternity with him. Think about it for a minute. Either none of them are true, they all can't be true because they're so different, or one of them is true and the others are false. Logically, there's the only three conclusions we could come up with. And you could have looked at a hundred different religions of the world if you'd wanted to. And you will find that they are all different in major, major ways. So what is it? Are none of them true? And we're all just going to do our own thing and hope we're the lucky one? Or is one of them true? And if there is one, which one is it? That's true. Let's go back to the story of the elephant for a moment. Understanding reality, understanding truth correctly is the key. When you look at the story of the element, all of the blind men, all of these blindfolded men, they are looking for and trying to find, groping for reality, if you would, from a very limited perspective. Their perspectives led them to an incorrect conclusion about reality. The point that really should be gleaned from that story and illustration is they were all wrong. Every blindfolded man was wrong. None of them had a correct perspective of reality. The only person that has a correct perspective of reality in that story is the storyteller. The one who says, it's an elephant. Would they have all come to that conclusion someday? Not if they didn't move and change perspective. They were dealing with the reality that was in front of them. It's not a correct understanding of the reality. It's incorrect. How do you understand reality correctly? And that's the point. How do we determine truth? How do we determine what's true? All of these religions, we got all these people. Some of them are great people. Some of them are more committed than any of us Christians. They are dedicated. Many are kind and thoughtful. Some aren't, but many are. How do we get the true perspective? How do we get a correct view of reality? It was the storyteller. The storyteller could see the whole picture, not just a little bit of the picture. How do you get the full picture? How do you get a correct understanding of reality when it comes to religion? We need to go to the author of reality, spiritual reality, and that's God. Does God show us the correct picture so that we can correctly understand reality? Can Christianity lead to God? If I was going to ask you that question and ask you to write down your answer, it would be a major setup. Christianity shows us so much more that most of the time it's blind men trying to lead blind men 
to reality. Christianity presents something beyond that. Christianity presents the reality that no religion, including Christianity, leads to God. Think about it a second. No religion leads to God. Can the creator of the universe, the one who created us as his creation, what makes us as his creation think we can reach God unless he wants to be reached? If we have a being, a supreme being of intellect, omniscient, omnipresent, and, and he created everything that exists, what makes man think we can reach him? But that's what religion tries to do. Unless the creator or the author or the storyteller reveals the correct understanding of reality, we will never get it. And that's the difference. We don't need religion to have a relationship with God. We need a revelation. We need a revelation. And where does the revelation come from? The author, the storyteller. When you think of the Bible, believe it or not, the Bible is not a story of men trying to reach God. From beginning to end, it is a story about God reaching out to man. Revealing himself to man. Religion, as Bob so accurately pointed out this morning, religion is man's attempt to reach him. And if our Christianity is a type of Christianity that says that we can reach him if we do the right things, we're no better than any other religion. It will not get us to God. But only him revealing himself to us will do that. God reached down to us. Revealed himself to us. Through Jesus. We need this revelation from God. And it separates us from all these other religions. And you can make a list as long as you want. None of those other religions had anybody claiming to be God. Well, we have some minor cults out there that are around, but if any of these major religions that, that have a sense of credibility, they got their information from somewhere else. They got it from an angel, or they got it from looking deeply inward in the midst of time to empty themselves of desire. They got it from some, not from God. God reveals himself to us. God humbled himself, took the form of flesh, and came to earth to reveal himself to man, to give us a revelation. In Philippians 2, verse 5, it starts this way. You and I, meaning us, should have the same attitudes as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not, did what, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I had a thought when I was reading that scripture and meditating on it this week that I don't think I'd ever had before when I read this scripture. It was this. He made himself nothing when he became a man. How important do we think we are? 
compared to God, compared to eternity. We are important to God. We accept Christ, we become children of God. He loves us all enough to reveal himself through Jesus. In John 14, 9, it says, anyone who has seen me, Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm revealing the Father to you. I'm demonstrating his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion. I'm I'm demonstrating his holiness and his righteousness. I'm demonstrating all of his attributes. If you've seen him, you've seen, if you've seen me, you've seen him. You know him. He didn't present a religious way for people to reach God. Understand this. God did not start the Christian religion. Jesus did not start the Christian religion. He came and changed everything. It became about relationship. Relationship. He revealed the Father and revealing relationship. That God's desire in revealing himself was that we would know who we are entering into relationship with. Our goal is to spend eternity in his presence with God. Jesus didn't discover. Well, let, let me read this scripture in John 14. Jesus answered, Most of us have heard this scripture many, many times. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Notice, Jesus didn't come as some fancy teacher saying, here's the truth. Let me tell you about the truth. Let me show you. He said, I am the truth. I'm, re- I'm revealing the truth to you because you're seeing me. The way. He didn't come to say, here's the religious way. If you do it all right, if you have enough pillars of faith and you got this and you got that. He didn't say that. He said, I'm the way. There's only one way and I am it. You know, one thing you'll discover is truth is a very exclusive thing. It either is true or it's not true. It's very exclusive. And he didn't come and say, you want to find life? I'll show you how. I'll teach you about it. I'll, dem- I'll demonstrate. He says, no, 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 no. I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am revealing to you God. I am revealing to you the Father. The way, the truth, and the life are in me. Not works. Not devotion to certain things. Not to ceremonies. Certainly not to a long list of good works and good deeds. Jesus spoke to us as one who had the correct view and the correct understanding of reality. He understood reality. His worldview was a correct understanding of reality. So a good idea is to look at Jesus' worldview because it is the correct understanding of reality. When Jesus looked at the world, you know what he saw? He saw a landscape filled with brokenness, all caused by evil, or we would say sin, ravaged by sin. Relationship with God the Father, relationship between people, 
ravaged by evil. He saw a world where he understood and the correct understanding of reality that, that relationships were being prevented by sin. Sin or evil was preventing us from fulfilling the purpose and the meaning of life, to have a relationship with God and with other people. This is his correct understanding of reality. He understood sin was the fundamental problem. And he understood, and still understands, that religion and philosophy are still trying to figure out how to solve that problem. They're trying to figure out a way to get rid of this evil thing, this thing that's not desired in our lives, whether you call it suffering or whatever you want to call it. They're still trying through reincarnation, rebirth, etc., 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 trying to solve the problem and how to, to deal with the problem of sin or evil. In Christianity, we need to understand that there is a personal God revealing himself through us, through his son Jesus Christ, Reaching out to us while we were yet sinners, he came to us. He reached out to us. By grace, we're even able to believe. It's by grace through faith. Him giving us the grace. Him giving us the grace to even confess our sins and repent. We can't even do that without grace. It's him reaching out to us in all of these different ways. Providing the solution to the problem of sin. That's why if there is an unbeliever, someone who is not in relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the problem of sin is never going to be taken care of, never going to be dealt with. Does that mean that we don't have to deal with it once we become a Christian? No, it's still going to be present. But the power of that sin has been broken in our life. We don't have to sin anymore. The sacrifice of Jesus is the solution. He made a way for relationship to be restored. That is a proper understanding of reality. Jesus' worldview. And he came to reveal the Father to us and to provide the solution. You know, we're heading into Christmas season. We're heading into a time when when the Christian world celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. Coming to earth to reveal himself to reveal the Father to mankind. The solution. As Christians, I I don't think, I know I don't, I don't understand and comprehend fully the uniqueness of our faith. There is no other religion like it in the world. Think about it for a minute. Can we honestly even ask the questions, the question, do all religions lead to God? When we've just discovered in their own words, some of them don't even believe there's a God? And if you do everything according to what they say you'll do, you don't even reach God because that's not the target. The target is nirvana, having a a mind with no desire or being reincarnated into something better so we can have a better life. The question makes no sense. And likewise, no religion can reach God anyway. It takes a revelation. I hope as we go through these questions, trying to answer them, 
Um, if you need to listen to the sermons a second time to see if I even have a clue what I'm talking about, please do. Do some of your own research. Check out these other religions. You know, I have to confess, I don't know enough about world religions. But I know no one is ever going to be able to say to me ever again, all religions are pointed to God and they're heading to the same place. And stop me from making an intelligent, loving disagreement by pointing out simply they aren't even trying. They aren't even trying. It is a deception of the... Bob stressed this this morning so well. It is nothing but a deception of the enemy. Religion, religion, as we've talked about it, is nothing but a deception of the devil. There are so many good people, good in the sense of maybe kind or devoted, etc., that are deceived. And as Christians, we are to love people, all people. And it is not a loving thing to allow people to believe without hearing the truth, to believe a lie. They have every right to believe whatever they want to believe, and we need to love them anyway. Our goal is not try to convince anybody with our intellect or our argument, but the Word of God is very clear. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. God will use the truth to reveal himself to everybody. There is one more question that what I've just shared could bring you to, and that question might be, why is there still evil and suffering in the world? If you want to know, you've got to come to class Wednesday night up at the Relco Technology Center because that's what we're going to be learning. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do thank you and praise you that you reached out to us, that you revealed yourself to us. God, that the, the religion, the acts of men, our own works, our own trying, our own, own efforts to make ourselves somehow good enough with nothing but depressing and exhausting caused us to be hopeless. But you revealed yourself, your love for us, your desire for relationship with us by coming to earth and taking on the form of a baby, demonstrating the Father to us through your life, your sinless life, and then you went to a cross to provide the solution to sin. God, I pray that if there is anyone here who does not know you in a personal way, that they're still fighting with religious concepts, striving in their own strength by doing works. God, I pray you would set them free of that even now this morning with a revelation of who you are in their heart and mind. That there is a freedom, there is an abundant life in Christ for all who will believe and receive the gift by grace. I pray now too, Lord, that you will watch over us, protect us as we go our separate ways. We pray that you will minister by your Holy Spirit to each one here in those areas that you know we have a need from a, for a touch from you. We thank you, Lord, that you do care, that you're a living God, you're an active God, and you love us and you have relationship and want relationship with us. Draw us to your word that we might know you better. Holy Spirit, teach us and give us greater understanding. And we ask all this, Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives. 
In Jesus' name, amen.